0: So let's pray. God, thanks for uh, thanks for that. Um, thanks for these people that you've called together to this place, Father. Thank you for children, even broken children, um, fallible, fallen children, Father. God, I pray that you would uh, use this and the other situations that are happening in our lives, God, to to draw us into your presence. You are a good Father, and the offer that you make to us is, is really cool. God, you want to be in relationship with us, and you have made that happen through the work and death and resurrection of your son, Jesus. God, guide us now as we try to glean some truth from your word this morning, God. God, open our eyes to what you have to say to us. We ask this in Christ's powerful name. Amen. Um, yeah, so uh thanks for uh thanks for that. Um, sermon this morning is uh, you'll be glad to know that it's it's not as long as typical. That wasn't planned, it just is. So we're not gonna be here till twelve thirty, maybe. Um, so uh we're in the middle of our series uh, of what it means to be transformed, and so I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, the last half of that prayer, tr- kind of asking God, "What what do we do next? What's 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 next?" Um, and and I I believe that, like all of this, um, like I'm wrestling through stuff with with my kids and growing up and how to be a dad and family dynamics and work and church and whatever, and I, I know that it's, that's the truth of, of where everyone is, right? I'm not naive enough to think that Jeff and Megan are the only ones that have a, an issue with their kids, because I know I have mine. Um, but I, like I, the, the truth is that God orchestrates, he's in control, he's in charge to get our minds off of our stuff and our self and, and even our health and on to Him as, as our only hope, our only provision. Um, and uh, I think this morning kind of, kind of gets there. So um, let's... Uh, I want to read a passage from Matthew chapter 23. Um, but before we get there, like whenever... This is a perfect example for us on how to do Bible study. So... Uh, Matthew chapter 23 is, uh, you may have heard of the the seven woes to the scribes and the Pharisees. And and my understanding about this prior to this week has always been Jesus is talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. But I want to look at the first two verses of Matthew 23. Verse 1, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples... So everything that we're going to see or hear Jesus say today and read, Jesus is saying them to us. Like, if we were in the Bible, we would be the crowds, all right? So he's saying these things about those people to the crowds, to to those who are following Christ, those who have decided, yes, I'm going to be one of the ones that, that follows Christ. Um, so, but, but then also in, in verse 2, he says, he's talking to his, the crowds and his disciples. The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. The scribes, I read about the scribes this week. They are professional interpretation experts. They are uh, the Supreme Court. They are the people who understand the law better than anyone. And then the Pharisees, you know, we we think we have an idea of of who Pharisees are, but their job was to be experts in theological matters that the law raised. So they're in, like, the scribes interpreted the law, and then the Pharisees were to to bring that down into practice with us. Okay, this is what the law says, here's our response to it. Okay? So inherently, there's nothing wrong with a Pharisee, but we're going to get to what's wrong with the Pharisees, if you follow there. So skip down with me, and this is really important. Jesus' audience is not the Pharisees. Jesus' audience is us. It's the disciples and the crowds. So skip down to to verse 25. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup And the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee. Who's he talking to? He's not talking to the Pharisees, he's talking to you. About them. You blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may also be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. Second time he's called them that. For you are like whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Let me ask you a question you should know the answer to. I'm not going to ask it rhetorically. Who is he talking to? Yes. I'm going to ask another question later. Um, but I think that the heart of what Jesus is talking here is that he, is, he wants to see transformation in us. He wants to see the inside of us clean more than he wants to see the outside of us cleaned. And so as we, like, we, we wrestle with, with, with this illness of, of little Elsie... Like, I believe that God is concerned with the outside of Elsie, but I believe more than that, he's concerned with the inside of us. And he wants to bring us together to make us aware of of who he is, not so consumed with what's happening with this little girl right now. And you can insert whatever junk you're in the middle of. The truth of the matter is, what Jesus is screaming to you is, trust me with this. Don't sweat this. I want to change this. So I I want I want to think about for like, this is sermon number seven in Transform. So I want to think about for the seventh consecutive week what it means to conform versus transform. Because the Pharisees and likely us, or Jesus would have just talked said this message to the Pharisees and not to us, we need to to wrestle with it. Because left alone, we become products of our environment. Left alone, you become a product of your environment. That's the fact of who you are. Um, Tim Keller says it this way. Even after you are converted by the gospel, your heart will go back to operating On other principles unless you deliberately and repeatedly set it into gospel mode this is after the gospel after we have been changed by the gospel after we have been transformed we will go back to trying to be conformed unless we repeatedly tap into the gospel and that's the heart of transformation. And know that you're going you're gonna to lean towards conforming. You're going to be obsessed with the outside. It's who you are. It's who I am. We're going to be obsessed with the outside. I, I thought about this this week. This is, have you ever been um, typing in a Microsoft Word document? Times New Roman 12 font? whatever it is that yours is set to, when you open Microsoft Word, it's set to some, something every time. It's set to something every time. And then maybe, for me, a lot of times I'll find a, a quote or, or I'll find a, as I'm typing a sermon, writing a sermon, I'll find a, a, a commentary thing that I want to hit on and so I'll copy and paste that. But if I copy and paste that and it's like Calibri, 11 font, it's, it's going to go into my document Calibri 11 font. Everything else above it is going to be, you know, Times New Roman 12. And then if I hit enter and go below the quote I just did, what's it going to type at? Calibri 11. Because that's where it's set at. Then I have to go back and, and reset it. You guys with me? Have you ever done this before? Am I the only guy This is the heart of of what's happening. This is what Jesus is teaching to these people. This is what Jesus is teaching to us. We must deliberately reset ourselves on the gospel all the time. And when we really believe that, like, like do you understand the difference between believe and then, like, believe? When we really believe that, like, Junk that hurts becomes thank you. Can can we can we live there? Can can we maybe see that like this is like God has a use for pain to reset our brains on the gospel because we're experts at trans at, at confirmation conforming we're we're worthless at transforming, and I think like here's here's the other deal um, we are like we can see them as as bad them pharisees or or we can fill in the blank for who we feel like are Pharisees in two thousand sixteen three one four we can we can point that out. But like, look at us. I mean, look around and tell me we don't conform. Look around and see if you see anybody different than you. We're good at it. God, bring us something to make us transform. Bring us Pain to make us understand how much we need you. Get our eyes off of ourselves. Set us back to to gospel mode. I want to ask this question. Why do you think that Jesus is teaching his disciples and his followers... About these hypocritical people, why do you think he's doing that? Not rhetorical. Exactly right. So they wouldn't be hypocrites. So what? What do you think that means about you? Like, this is. I'm so predisposed to dislike the Pharisee, that I can't see the Pharisee in me. But Jesus is complaining about them to you. And I really, really don't want to miss it. So uh, hit, hit the slide with all those images on it. Let's have a little bit of fun, all right? Who are these people? Who's in the top left? Can you guys see that? Who's that? Walter White, yes. Um, who's in the bottom left? Indiana Jones, that's right. Who's in the middle? Han Solo. And then there's two on the, on the right. Who are they? Batman and Joker. Um, you're all wrong. On the left, that's Brian Cranston. And in the middle and on the left, that's that's Harrison Ford. And then the guy with his hands on the table in the green vest, that's that's Heath Ledger and then Christian Bale standing behind him. Do you know what the, the Greek word for hypocrite is? What it means specifically? I've told you before, and I'm giving you a huge hint here. Actor. That's right. Pretending to be something... That we're not. You know, like, I, I cheated. I, like, I led you into the wrong answer. But I think it speaks to us, right? Like, we see upper left. We see the, the bald head and, and the glasses and the goatee, and that's Walter White. Instantly, right? But do we present that around us? The answer is most likely yes. Um, now let's, let's go back to our, our scripture and see an assessment from Jesus about us. All right? Hit, that, hit the next slide with some of the gray stuff on it there. Yeah. Uh, go, go one more, Joe. I'm sorry. The next, there we go. This is an assessment of Jesus... Remember, he's not talking to the Pharisees, he's talking to to you and I, trying to get us to see ourselves in the Pharisees. This is his assessment of us. But inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. The conforming process that you are engaged in all the time pushes you towards greed and self-indulgence. This week, we're going to study the... The discipline of fasting, and, and fasting, if you engage it properly, there should be a big blinking, flashing light on your self-indulgence, all right? And Jesus' assessment of you, your natural you, is you're full of greed and self-indulgence. But we can be hypocrites, we can be actors and pretend that that's not true, and go to a church where people look just like us so that we don't see our greed and our self-indulgence. We can see it in the Pharisees really easily. But we're going to conform and, and bring ourselves to a place where people look just like us. So that our greed and our self-indulgence are ignored by the people around us. Until we get to scripture where Jesus says, you're filled with greed and self-indulgence. What else? This, like, greed and self-indulgence is kind of, you know, it's sweet compared to the next one. You're filled with dead people's bones. Like, there's disease in you. And I feel really, like, I've used the pronoun you a lot. There's disease in me. There's disease in us, full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. This is who we are. I want to read uh, a passage from Romans. Paul is writing to the Romans the same things that Jesus is saying to us. Romans 3, verse 12 But Jesus. Um, last thing from our passage is the idea of of woe. What is a, a woe? Um, one of my processes as I'm preparing, we look at a text is to ask questions of the text. One of the questions that I ask of the text this week is is what does woe mean when Jesus says? woe to you. What is he trying to communicate? And the answer is a deep exclamation of grief. And, and I think of, like in, in our context today, I think of um, when Elsie had her first seizure, I was, uh, Jen and I were, were out with Rick and Judy having dinner at the brew house and got a text that Elsie was having a seizure. And I went and, like, it was the first one. And, and Jeff, one of the things you said to me that night was, I, I thought that my daughter was dying in my arms. And that's grief. Like, that's, that's a grief that's real and, and, and bringing, like, distraught. And what am I, what, like, there's a confusion to grief, right? There's a, there's a pain to grief. Jesus, there's no confusion to his grief, but there is a pain to it. And this is an exclamation of grief. So in the middle of, of that time, the, the the guttural screams of your heart were kind of defining what woe is. Are you, you, you tracking with me? This is this is Jesus here. It bothers him in a like deep soul shaking way that this is true of us. Do you see that? The uncleanness full of greed and self-indulgence and dead people's bones bothers him in a deep profound soul shaking way. but the end of that woe is jesus on the cross for you like it's woe that sent him to the cross it's that deep soul shaking exclamation of problem within you that sent him to the cross and so the heart of of Matthew 23 and the heart of Romans 3 is not to leave you in your woe, but to draw our eyes to his grace. The psalm that Dave read for us, Psalm 130, that we've studied, out of the depths I cry to you. My soul waits for you. And the end of it is forgiveness. The end of it is plentiful redemption and he will redeem you from all your iniquity all of your dead man's bones that lie within you he wants to transform that's really really good news and if we really believe it we say to God thank you when you make me aware of the dead man's bones that live within me Because they've caused me to see your beautiful and steadfast remaining love. This is the gospel, and it's in front of you, and it all of the junk that happens can be used to to allow you to see the beauty of the gospel. And I'm begging my heart to see the beauty of the gospel. Can we just live there for a while? I hope so. Let's pray and sing songs to our God. God, I thank you for the beauty of the gospel. I thank you for but Jesus. God, would you please transform us? God, would you make us aware of where we conform to the pattern of this world and transform us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his life and his death and his resurrection. God, enter into our situations here and now. Allow us to deal with you. Allow us to proclaim the truth of who you are. God, guide us, speak to us as we respond. Thanks for Jesus in his name.